0: and welcome to the Sustainable Socials Podcast. I'm A.K. Mulford. And I'm Anne Kapp. We're here to help you grow your
1: online community, develop holistic strategies for your brand, avoid social media burnout, and simply have more fun. Join us each week for a deep dive discussion into the
0: world of social media and marketing mindset as a whole. If you want even more social media and marketing support, join our community at patreon.com slash sustainable socials. Hello. Hi, how are you? <laughs> I am good. I'm very tired.
1: <laughs> You've had quite the end to the month of uh, April. You were just in Melbourne.
0: Yeah, yeah. Just flew back and um, had a great time at RARE, but I'm very sleepy now. <laughs> a lot of peopling for an introvert, you oh. know. Oh, <laughs> so, yeah.
1: People that might not know what RARE is. What does
0: is the acronym stand for again? It's Romance author reader events, I think.
1: Very cool. About you were what two days? Two days of meeting readers and being busy. Yeah, and you yeah. sat next to Steph Green,
0: didn't you? I did, which was so lovely. <gasps> I, thought I was excited to see her again at the RWA RWA Australia conference. That's right.
1: Oh, you guys, we'll just do another reminder here then. That
0: in a couple. Yeah. Times- <laughs>
1: Sustainable socials. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Sustainable Socials is coming to Sydney.
0: We are. We're going That's to Sydney really. and we're going to be talking about TikTok uh, at the RW Australia Conference. So
1: oh can't wait. It's going to be fun. And we're we've worked on the TikTok presentation to a certain point by now. And
0: wow, we're going really
1: awesome. to be unleashing some really cool like next level tips, strategies, tricks, like things to put in your arsenal. It's going to be really cool.
0: Yeah, it <laughs> <good>. I'm excited. <laughs> How about you? How have you
1: been? Good. You know, launched a book two weeks ago now. Yeah, it's been really good. I got two number one banners that came out
0: of
1: it. Congratulations. Thank That's you. Exciting. It was a little bit of a shock. And I don't know if it's like that, the way that the um, Amazon has changed its system, you know, since last year, since I put out my last book at the end of last year. It was like one day it was number one in women's Humorous fiction. And then a couple of days later it was like in another cat, like in different categories. But I mean, all ones that I was really happy with. And I was able. To... It's interesting because I have my own strategy behind it that I feel like I could do a whole other podcast on because I'm still determined not to put that much money into it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, like I just kind of put it in for newsletters and I stretch out this month and like I just try to like beat this book as hard as I can for four weeks. And then I raise the price. And then I walk away, and I have to forget about it in a few weeks' time. And I'm already into the next book now, at this yeah. point, which is exciting. And getting that one ready to go because I want it done and cleared off my plate because it launches right before I come to Sydney. So
0: <laughs> the next hype mode cycle, yeah, exactly. And
1: like, you know what? Too this cycle, I started to hype mode, and I actually had two pull myself out of it. Um, and I pulled back on the hype mode this time, which was like one of those. I didn't want to, but for some reason, and I think this kind of happens when you're, when you're doing anything for any amount of time, you just kind of look at it. And it's like, I just have X amount of space right now. Yes. Now, I pulled back from hype moding even on Instagram and on TikTok. And I was like, I need to hype mode quietly behind the scenes with my (laughs) my, my art team and... Myself also
0: every launch doesn't have to be a big launch, you know? Yeah. Like that's the thing is like if people want to be doing like a full-on hype cycle for their book release, they can if they have the space for it. But not every launch needs to be that way. And in fact, you can hype up your book at any given point in time, especially as an indie author, like you can always like do all of that stuff at a later date. You know, it doesn't have yeah. to be on the release day. So, yeah.
1: And it shows you what the, the life of your book is too, when you're able to pick it up months to years later and kind of reflog it and go like, okay, take yeah, a, yeah. <laughs> eyes on it. And people put eyes on it. It says something about a Testament, I think for the writer, for the work that they put into it. But yeah, that's definitely in a, from a lot of our conversations that you and I have had, it really helped me with like that pulling back because I took that into consideration with looking at it. Cause when I first was like, I don't have the energy. I was like, well, I don't need it because this is, well, it's the first book in the series and it's one that I I love. I also know that the next one is the one that I'm super excited about writing. And that one, because um, it's actually part of something called the summer of rom-coms where I'm collaborating with 12 other authors that were bringing people rom-com every week, June, July, August, for summer. Awesome. Um, that's like, I want to put more energy into that one. So mm-hmm. I'm going to just wait and have, say, store my energy up in hype mode.
0: And I August. think that's so important and yeah. so valuable for people to hear too, is like, it's very hard to pull yourself back from doing all the mm-hmm. things. But when you're able to recognize that you don't have the space to be doing all of it, to say like, okay, we're going to like, bring it in is just like so good for because it's that longevity thing you know like you're not going to be able to stick around if you fry yourself on every you know like hype cycle or different book launch sometimes you need to like ration that energy for other things you
1: know oh yeah you know in life throws other things at us that you know we're dealing with besides books all the time and nice. it's like oh my gosh like where am I gonna put my my spoons where's my spoons because I just don't
0: well, <laughs> <can have> <laughs> talk to me about some spoons well so this month our whole theme is all about community and community building and how to build our readership community um and and that's more than just like our readers existing as a group of people, but how to kind of gather them together, how to build the start of a fandom. And um this week we're we're the whole month of May, we're going to be talking about community building. Um, but this episode we wanted to talk a little bit about how to kind of lay the foundations. Yes. The
1: so good. You have to, you've got to put bricks down and like get the foundation there because no matter what. If your foundation isn't firm, you've got nothing to stand on with your community.
0: And I feel like a lot of times we think this is something I will do later once I reach this level of success or once I have this many readers or this many things. And we don't set any sort of like foundational places for community building. So there's lots of authors we know who you know, don't have newsletters, don't have reader groups, don't have any way to capture their audience in any given place. And then by the time they're ready for it, it might almost be too late. They might have already like kind of lost some of those people and yes. never to gather them round again, you know? Yeah. Um, but it also can feel like a lot of work if you don't have that many people, you know, like, let's say you start like a Facebook reader group or something or a discord group, and there's only two people in it, you know, you feel like, well you know, is this worth my time and energy to be putting, investing a lot of time into that group? So like, it's one of those things where it's a hard balance to know, like, how much should you be doing? How early on, you know?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, But you know, having that, what I remember from when I got started, Somebody had said to me, I mean, there were so many questions people would ask, and you know, you're just a new author, and somebody's like, you know, what's your brand? What do you stand for? And just that question alone broke me, and I ended up having a business. (laughs) So I was like, I don't (laughs) know, I must figure this out now. And then once I did, I had a business. But the looking at getting a newsletter list. And I think that's the first daunting task that we're introduced to is community building when we're getting started is, okay, great. You've got your family and friends. They're going to be right there for your first book and right there to cheer you on and probably stay on for all of your books, you know, if you're lucky, uh, cause it's your family and your friends, they're going to hear about it a lot too, but you've got to find those readers and have a newsletter that lists that you build on. And it can seem very daunting. But I also think about it like when I started in 2010, 2011, I don't remember access like having a book funnels or story origins. And there definitely wasn't the collaboration and community you can find that's in Facebook with other authors. So I think dipping into finding other authors that you can even ask advice of or kind of sit back and watch what they do. That's mm-hmm. sometimes a good place to start. Like kind of like pay attention to what everybody's doing. Cause also now you might watch five different authors, like how they're building community in their newsletter, social media on Patreon, et set different ways that they're going out and finding readers or talking to their readers, mm-hmm. but that might not be for you as the author. So, you have to figure out like during foundation time is almost a time to like
0: sample, sample mm-hmm. the cake yeah. before you get married. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You don't need to do all the things. I think, I feel like newsletter and like one social is a great place to start because. Your newsletter doesn't have to be like people don't have to engage with each other in a newsletter. They're just engaging with you. And whether you have 10,000 subscribers or two, you still speak to them the same. You know what I mean? So it's kind of it can grow organically without you needing to have like a certain like kind of minimum number for it to kind of work. And um and same with socials. You don't need to have a certain number of followers in order to. But as you grow, you start having more people commenting more often, more people showing up every day. Mm -hmm. There starts to be more conversations. And I think once you get to that point, that's when it's really great to have another place where they can talk to each other. So like you're a place for your readers to share with each other and kind of facilitate that. But I do think that those sorts of spaces take longer to kind of grow and it takes a lot more energy for the author to like facilitate those conversations to start off with. And then at a certain number of people that kind of take over and, you know, will keep the conversation going on their own, but like socials. And um newsletter, I feel like are a great place to start that building of a community, and I feel like most communities build either around like your kind of brand, like your genre or around you as a person as an author and um and i feel like you know starting to put that out there and start getting people who are into what you're doing you know like whether it's on social media like are they into the kind of sense of humor you have or are they into the hobbies that you have or do they like the genre that you write in and all of the tropes that come with it you know things like that those are kind of the foundational elements of community and it's it's very like you know me being a former primatologist is very like primatology like we we bond in groups based on common goals um usually it's like very basic ones like survival (laughs) (laughs) eating opportunities and like food resource allocations but as we you know like as humans we quite often bond over like shared interests or we all want to see something succeed or we all care about a certain you know goal and um that's what kind of bonds people together. So, you want to make sure that you have all the elements that are connecting people within that kind of foundation. And then you can kind of expand and grow as time goes on.
1: Yeah. You're just kind of experimenting because even with social media, you might get in there and there's different levels of community depending on where you go you know you can create communities and facebook still some people have you know it is an uphill battle in some ways because of technology issues that are happening with facebook or glitches that happen um instagram is a place that you can build community tiktok for sure um you know i sadly twitter is <laughs>
0: like, uh, i finally like got rid of my twitter <laughs> just oh, yeah. come find me on these other places I don't want to post on here anymore yeah this place is just such a dumpster fire I can't oh. I can't be here anymore no do not go <laughs> I just have on my forever. link tree I was like come find me on TikTok or Instagram yeah uh, but yeah. you know there's like now even Instagram is trying to do groups within its platform so it's mm-hmm. like there's there's like kind of two levels of community building there there's like the just like one way socials where you're posting things, and then the community building is happening in the comments of those posts mm-hmm. or videos, and then there's like the like group level ones where you actually have like a Facebook group or an Instagram group or these yeah. different things you know, where it's like actually you're gathering people around like discord is very popular too, like we have a discord group for our patrons, and like eventually will be for people who do our courses and stuff to to all connect and have community there. Um, So there's like, you know, a lot of different places where you can gather people together as well. But like, I think it usually for most of us starts off more just like that one way thing where it's happening in the comments. But eventually, once you have enough people who want to like get together and talk to each other, then you kind of need a place to put them. Yeah. (laughs) You need to find a group to put them in. Yeah. Although I will say my Facebook group, You know, has a good number of people in it, but it is still um, something where I feel like it's more um, the same as all my other socials, where it's more me or like someone else like posting and like people, it's not as like active because I don't invest as much energy Mm -hmm. into it. Um, So it's more just an opportunity for my readers to connect with each other if they want to. Um, And it's not something I like facilitate as like intensely as I do my other socials. Mm My discord, which is for my patrons, um, is something I'm like very active in and there's people chatting and commenting every day, you know, in there. So it's a much more like community feel and it's more intimate. Um, whereas, you know, sometimes you can have bigger groups that are still very kind of like, um, you know, quiet. Yes. It really depends how much energy you're willing to like invest in those places. And then, um, you know, like how much energy you have to allocate to all those different things, because you might not have, you know, the spoons to be in all of the different places. So it's like finding the platforms and the spaces that you do want to be creating that community in. But having, I think it's good to have like at least, you know, a newsletter or a few socials or someplace where your readers can find you and gather um, because you don't want to miss that opportunity later on. And I think for a lot of us, we feel like, at the beginning, we don't have enough people to build a fandom or build a, yeah. like a leadership, you know, like build an audience. And it comes with time and it's OK to like have, you know, 10 of your buddies, you know, in a group. And that's how it starts. And yeah. I think a lot of us feel like we don't give ourselves permission to start small, you know. Yeah. And then by the time we're ready to like have those things, it's kind of like too big. You haven't learned and grown with the platform. So. Yeah it's okay to start when it's small.
1: Yeah definitely. I mean that's I love having the smaller cuz the smaller groups it's fun as you start adding more people and you see it start to you know start to bubble you know, the pots on the stovetop and it's boiling and you start to see activity start to happen you see things ebb and flow and but it also when you have a smaller group and you're getting started you have a really great you're in a great position that you're nimble and you can actually move quickly if you want so if you're just getting started you got five people in your facebook group and it's not working um then that might be the time to go guys maybe we try uh Instagram, I'll do a group chat and in Instagram, does that work? Mm-hmm. Or let's try discord because three of you are actually more fluent in discord than you are Facebook. And right. you can yeah. jump over to different places and figure out what that spot's going to be to start gathering folks. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. To be in your community. That's, I took my arc team and was going to do like a, put them in a Facebook group. And we ended up, I've got a couple of different group chats going in Instagram instead. And I like that better. I try to keep that quiet though, because I'm super aware that people as their DMS and I don't want to light it up. So I save it like that's when we're, you know, all games are on, like everything's happening or if I'm dropping a freebie just for them or whatever I'm doing with my team, part of that's part of community building foundation 101 as well too. You guys, I feel like that if you are going to start building this community and you're getting your readers together, Think about ways you can kind of not incentivize, but show your gratitude, you know, like it's yes, drop yeah. in and get, get them a sticker or say thank you in a newsletter, give them a thank you in the acknowledgements, give them a free book. I am trying to think my art teams, so I'm going to do something for them this year, but I'm not sure what yet. I'm not going to say anything in case any of my art team members actually ever hear this
0: but you're trying <laughs>
1: to figure out like something fun for them that would be just a unique present for them because they're in my community I'm like mm-hmm. I want to give them something to show my gratitude that they spend that time thinking about me I think and I
0: think we'll probably like dive into that even more next week with where next week's episode we're going to talk about how to keep people in your community and how yeah. to like retain your community involvement and engagement yeah
1: obviously this is one of those conversations i think we could go off on for days so (laughs) i feel like this is a good place we'll stop it here because we're gonna be picking it up in a week and yes you'll get your part two next week you guys (laughs) oh thanks guys thanks for joining us today
0: and we'll talk to you next week thank you for joining us on the sustainable socials podcast if you'd like even more social media and marketing support, mini coaching, one-on-one coaching, and a private online community, you can join us at patreon.com slash sustainable And we'll see you next time.